Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of the Commercial Connection Podcast. We're grateful you're here. We're recording this today, today, December 22nd, right before Christmas. So we wish all of you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday. Hanukkah just passed, so we wish those of you listening Happy Hanukkah. Grateful you're here with us. It's been a great year. It's been an interesting year. 2020 will, will be one for the record books. Um, my name is Spencer Taylor, your host. We're grateful to have with us Stace Caseria. Stace, did I pronounce that right? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That's exactly it. Stace is the founder and chief trust officer of Trust Deep, a brand, a marketing brand company agency. Mm-hmm. And Stace, welcome to the show. We're happy you're here. I am happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me on. And I uh, just want to wish your, your, your viewers, you know, a ha- happy holidays because we are right before Christmas. So it's uh, coming down to the end of the year. <laughs> like you said, it's been a heck of a year, but uh, we're getting there. Um, before we get into too much, Stace, we, we would love to get to know you. Tell us a little bit about your family, hobbies, pets, interests. And uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit later why you started Trust Deep. What's your purpose? Because uh, I think that gives really great context on what we're going to talk about today. But sure. just a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I live outside of Boston. I'm originally from Connecticut. Um, I live here with my, my lovely wife and um, our two daughters. We have two daughters that are 14 and, and 16. They're, they're growing very quickly. Um, first, the youngest started high school. So now I have two kids in high school, one yeah. looking toward college. So yeah. that's a, it's, it's a, a big change in our lives to, to think that our, our little babies are going to go out into the world soon. Um, so I, I love old cars. Um, I'm a fan of motorsport. I love watching racing. I'm involved with um, the car hobby outside of Boston here and with the, a local museum called Lars Anderson. So I, am, I, I help with events there as much as I can. And uh, I just love talking to people about old, old things. I, I, I collect lots of old stuff, old signs. Um, I love antiques. We live in a house built in 1790. So <laughs> we're all about the, the old stuff here. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, do, you buy, do you buy old cars? Do you, are you a mechanic? Do you fix them? Do you restore them? What, what, what's your involvement on that? I would say in the, when I was a little, I was younger, when I had more patience and, and time, I would fix old cars. Um, so now I own an old Alfa Romeo, which is in really great shape. Um, so it doesn't take anything but me driving it and changing the oil, but um, it's a 1957. So it's, it's an old car. Um, but when I was younger, I would, you know, fix anything that broke, you know, I'd be on a drive somewhere. And so driving old cars, you learn to be, um, you, to, you learn to, um, you know, be resourceful. So I remember driving, like having to bleed the clutch on the side of the road or headlights would stop working or, you know, you no longer have third gear, you know, like things yeah. like that. So like yeah. trying to figure stuff out, but, um, Interesting. but I, I, I love anything mechanical. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. space. I'm looking at your title right now and it, it caught my eye because there's a message in here. And I think there's a purpose in here. That's really, that, that I'm looking forward to learning about. Your title is founder, right? And chief trust officer. What, what, what does that title mean? Well, so I've, I've worked in advertising for more than 20 years. 
And the process of advertising is to try and convince somebody who maybe doesn't know you or your, your, your business, try to convince them that you exist, that you have something that answers their need, and ultimately convince them to make a purchase with you. But what I found was that the thing that we're lacking was the, the first step, and in my mind, is trying to understand what people need and create deep, mutually rewarding relationships. Mm-hmm. I think you know, we don't necessarily need to sell to everybody, mm-hmm. but we have a, like a message that will resonate with the people who need that product or service. And so just doing a lot of thinking uh, through my years in advertising, I said, what's the thing that makes relationships work? Um, is it knowing people? Is it liking or loving people? Or is it something deeper, trust? And so I, I, I came to that, and I'm, I'm not the first person to think of this, obviously, but I wanted to create an agency that focused on helping brands and businesses be genuinely trustworthy. Not to say, hey, trust us because we do this, but to through their actions and their behavior, they are genuinely trustworthy. So um, we have a four-step process that we go through to say, these are the the four areas that you need to work on in order to be trustworthy. Trust doesn't happen when you tell somebody to trust you. Trust happens when they see your actions and that they see that your, your values and your actions line up. That's, that's integrity. Yeah. Yeah. So you founded trust deep. Your, your website is trustdeepagency.com. How long ago did you guys start? Well, um, so the last, uh, the last agency or, or job I had ended in 2015. I left and I decided to start my own, my own um, agency. And I would say I've been doing this for the past five years, but I came under the name of Trust Deep in the past year. Mm-hmm. So um, I was trying to refine my philosophy and my message, trying to understand like how I was going to be able to offer something different to my clients than uh, what what other marketing or advertising agencies might offer. So yeah, so this past year, um, it's, a, <laughs> it was, it's a heck of a year, but it's t- time for new beginnings. Well, so Mill Creek started four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I have learned, this is the first company I've started. Mm-hmm. First, I mean, it's probably my third job that I've had since graduating college. And like a company has a soul. Like, so 2020 for us will forever be known as the year we found ourselves. Like we understood who we are, what we, what, like what it is we actually do. And I mean, I don't know, that was like mind boggling to me, like to figure, to, to, to come to this realization that we are like a living organism. And well, you probably like, faced new challenges, right? I mean, so yeah. that helped you look yeah. like, how do we solve these challenges? And it and taught you who you were. Right, 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 right. So it's been fascinating to learn just to like live that process and be at, I mean, I don't want to say this lightly, but be at the table, you know, there's four of us founding partners and we hard conversations, but like, more so than hard conversations, just understanding, okay, what, what worked, but why did it work? And, and why do we get up in the morning? And it sounds like you, you can, you help companies self, um, like, like 
walk them into this like this like self-awareness of okay well who are we as a company and what's our culture like because you're mar- like mm-hmm. we try to reflect our inner culture with who we are you know in our marketing and all that stuff and so mm-hmm. that's really cool it's it's just it's essential. It's essential. Yeah. And that's what we do is, is to help. So what I've discovered after years and years of doing this is that when I talk to a business owner, they might not always be able to articulate why they do something or what their purpose or mission is, but it exists yeah, yeah. deep inside them. And it comes out through their, through their actions. But when, but what we do is help them to articulate it and we discover it and then we define it so that they can share it with employees. And then that starts to come across through all their communications and yeah. that helps them build like brand consistency and some, some coherence. Yeah. Well, that's good. So our, the, I think the question we want to answer on this show is how valuable is a brand? Like how valuable is a reputation? Uh, you know, we, we offer investment products in real estate. Some our tenants have been K Jeweler. Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Wall, you know, uh, Walgreens, um, CVS, right? And so PNC Bank, so strong brand. We do, we like these brands because they're publicly traded and they have a strong balance sheet, but there's something more, there's something more than just what the numbers say. And I'd like to just explore that with you a little bit here and talking about just how valuable is a brand. Right. right. So like share all your knowledge with us. How's that? Sure, <laughs> like, absolutely. How valuable, how valuable is a brand, not just with what we do, but with anything. Mm-hmm. There's so there is intrinsic value to a brand. So if you were to take, for instance, the first thing I think of is, is Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola's value is, let's say it's, I don't know, maybe it's $50 billion. Um, Probably 20% of that is attributable to the brand. So if you took away all their processes and their facilities, their their intellectual property, Mm -hmm. their their bottling, all of that, there's a part of it called brand. and, And brand is this thing that's hard to put your finger on, but it it can be worth billions of dollars. The brand is the the elements that help people feel something about your company. It helps them understand your mission, your values, and it connects to people beyond a product or service. So you go into the store and you grab a, a, a can of Coke. Um, you're not just buying that cola, you're buying whatever that cola means to you. So, you know, as, as a kid, I remember, you know, like Pepsi meant something to me because, you know, it was like something we had in the house and it was, you know, my brother and I were hanging around. It's like that's something we had. So that product has a meaning to us that's beyond. So it, it could be anything that was in that bottle, but like that packaging that the brand, it, it had, it, it speaks to us beyond just being, you know, a refreshing drink. It, it, it's something that was part of our lives. Um, like, you know, all of the, like the, there are brands in our lives now that, that say that, that have the, the connection to us, whether it's something like Apple or, or, or Ford, if you're a Ford guy, you know, for instance, or, you, you know, Nike shoes or whatever it is. But brands. So we're talking right now about these large brands, but um, branding is something that, all businesses can apply, whether they're you know a, a mom and pop, or whether they're a small business, 
or a, a startup or even a, a small chain. I mean, branding is, is, a, is a tool that, that anybody can apply to their business to help create like a feeling to, to say, this is what we do and this is how we connect to people. And this is ultimately how we want to build trust with them. The goal in my mind for what I do is to help not sell a product or a service, but to develop long-term loyalty with customers. That's, that's something we can talk about with one of the benefits of, of having a, a chain or a, a national brand as a, as a tenant is the uh, ability to bring stability. But the, the first thing I'd want to say, though, is like, I love supporting local businesses. And I know we all do. And we want to see our, you know, our friends who start, um, um, you know, a shoe store or a coffee shop or anything yeah. like that. We want to see people succeed. But the economics don't always work out if you're a... If, if you're a real estate investor or, or a landlord. So there are those two things we're trying to balance, um, you know, supporting local businesses and saying, hey, how can I keep my business as an, as an investor or, or, or a tenant, excuse me, landlord, how can I keep that running um, consistently? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story, Stace. Uh, probably two and a half years ago, we had this, this cute little grandma come to us and she just sold her personal residence and she's moving into kind of like an assisted living type situation with family right not like a not like a home not like a like an assisted living home but like moving in with family right so she did not want to keep her personal residence as a rental because she she's a grandma right she's i think she's a great grandma Right. So she couldn't like mow the lawn and she couldn't collect rent and she couldn't, you know, so it keeping as a rental didn't work, but she sold, she sold her personal residence and then she brought money to us and she's like, okay, well, what do you guys have available? And I'm telling you this story because I want you to analyze the mindset of this investor with us. We can talk about together. So, so we said, well, okay, well, we have a PNC bank. PNC Bank is big on the kind of the East Coast. Uh, great brand. If you're on the East Coast, you know who they are. Uh, it, it, um, then we have a Dollar General. And then we have a Dollar Tree. And she goes, Dollar Tree. We're like, okay, well, that, that was quick. No, no, I, I want Dollar I want Dollar. I want all my money to go into Dollar Tree. And we're like, okay, well, do you want to know where it is? She's like, well, yeah, okay, but it doesn't really matter. I want to do Dollar Tree. And so we're, we're working through this purchase with her and we ask her like, why, why Dollar Tree? It's okay, but why Dollar She says, well, the grandkids would come over years ago and we'd take them to Dollar Tree, like when they arrive from out of town. And th there was such a connection, like an internal emotional reaction whenever she heard Dollar Tree, right? And so she bought into the Dollar Tree and I don't know, like, I know did that, but I don't, I don't understand like kind of the why behind it fully. Yeah. So what, like, what does that brand, like the Dollar Tree brand, like, what does that brand mean for her? You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So the word there that you said is the critical word. What does that brand mean for her? So obviously the, the store sells products. So you can go in and buy, you know, let's say she was buying, she might be buying candies or small toys for her, her grandkids. She could have found those same items at, at, at Dollar General or probably maybe at Walmart or, or somewhere else. Yeah. So it's not the product, right? And it's not necessarily the location because probably in a, in a small shopping center. So, and there's probably other shopping centers that yep. work the same distance from her house. Yep. It created meaning for her because she, she went, was able to go there with her grandkids. But beyond that, the brand itself has decided that whatever they stand for, it aligns with what this grandmother's values are. And that's, I was saying before, we have four factors in building trust. I can just go through these quickly. So there's credibility, track record, empathy, and alignment of interests. Alignment of interests is the factor that helps create meaning. So the, the, the brand, uh, Dollar Tree, something in their brand's DNA aligns with what this, this, this grandmother believes. So it might be, you know, always having, you know, they might feel like they, they always need to have new toys right out front for seven-year-olds or whatever right. it might be. And, and she was, she had that situation and, and it meshed perfectly. So that's what happens with brands. It's like the thing that this brand is trying to convey resonated with her. And it's, and this isn't like accidental. Somebody at Dollar Tree sat down or a group of people sat down and said, these are the things we're going to stand for. And these are the things that are going to come out to our customers. When they come into our store, it's going to be obvious to them yeah. through the way we serve them, through the layout of the store, through the products we carry, through our pricing, whatever it is, they created that DNA and it, and it connected with her. So fascinating. Yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. Um, I want to ask, I want to ask, how does a brand, how does a brand do that? But I'm going to ask you <laughs> what question, what should we be talking? About? Because I know, I know like it could take years or days or weeks or decades for a brand to, to like really create itself. Yeah. But like, I don't know, what does, what does a brand mean? Uh, you know, we yes. offer, we offer in, in someone's portfolio. What, what does a what does a Walgreens mean? What does a Dollar General mean in someone's portfolio compared to what does a drip mall with four different tenants, a chiropractor, a hookah shop, you know, a, a, a dry cleaner, right? So like what do, what does a value what does the value bring to an investor when they invest in a brand like, you know, a national brand? So I as a, as a fellow real estate investor, I look for stability in my the, the the buildings that I invest in, and so I'm invested in multifamily residential, and so I look for ways to create long term tenancy. I have I have a small building that has two different tenants. One's lived there for 22 years and one's lived there for almost 20 years. And I, in my mind, I think, well, these guys have probably paid for the building over again yeah. just by their longevity. The value beyond me just getting to know these people and trust them. And I know about, you know, the, the, these folks and I, and I come to care for them. It's the stability. I know that it's going to cost me money to go and find a new tenant if I have to. And 
And in marketing, we tend to say it costs between five and seven times more to acquire a new customer than to retain your existing customer. For a, a commercial building, like what you're describing here, there's the act of having to go out and find a new tenant, but then there's also other costs that are gonna come along with that if there are build out costs or, or concessions that have to be given. So the, in my mind, the value of having Walgreens in there is first stability. Yeah. And the stability exists because the, the organization is, is run like a, a, a brand rather than, and I know there are lots of great small businesses or, or local businesses, but, but Walgreens has a formula and it's part of their brand. And they're able to almost guarantee success from now until, you know, whenever, because they have a, a mission and it works um, versus, you know, independent stores. Or if you go into, um, you know, a restaurant that is, um, let's put aside the, the, the quality of the food, for instance, but if we have like a, a quick serve restaurant, that's a, that's a chain and we have a, a family restaurant that's, a, that's local, we might not always get the same experience when we go into that, the, the local or um, independently owned restaurant, but the, 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 quick serve restaurant that's that's a chain and has processes in place people are going to find familiarity and whether we like the food better at one place or the other if we put that aside for a second we gravitate toward familiarity and patterns in our brains we, we every time we have to make a decision there's a lot of math that happens our brain looks for a way to simplify that and work more efficiently and when we can create a pattern that says this works you know the the the, the the food that I get here, the, the experience is always the same. I'm not going to have any surprises. That actually builds trust with that, that chain. And that can happen too with an independent restaurant. But um, brands are much better at going through that process um, just because they have more infrastructure. They have a a marketing department or a branding department who's gone through that process, whereas um, a, a smaller um, business maybe doesn't have that expertise and they may, maybe have never even thought like, hey, here's something we should definitely include in the way we operate. So that's one of the things I would say is, is stability is, is, is a huge, huge thing um, when looking at a, um, an investment like that. Stace, this is very insightful. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. We, we, uh, you know, here at Mill Creek, we care deeply about the tenant. I mean, the tenant is, it's not everything, but it's a lot. It's a lot of what goes into picking what products, what, what investment options we offer. And we think the strength of the tenant carries a lot of weight in, um, you know, what, what we do here at Mill Creek Commercial. So, Thank you for just sharing a little bit of insight on why the tenant, why the, why the brand matters so much. Perhaps in portfolio, it matters a great deal more than just the, the dollars they as a, as a return. Right. You know, so there's, there's the, the tenant. So you said the tenant is, is important, but it's not everything. In the commercial space, the, the customer of that tenant is the other piece of it, right? The other piece of the, the, the puzzle that's, that's so yeah. very important. Yeah. And, and I, I read recently that um, just trying to understand customer behavior, and this is about coffee shops. And so if any of your listeners have a, a, 
you know, a building and they have a coffee shop in there. This is this might be interesting for them that people spend about 80% longer at a single location coffee shop. So this would be an independently owned coffee shop or, you know, small business. 80% longer there than at a national coffee shop. And you might say to yourself, oh, that's fantastic. People really do like their local coffee shop. Well, that's that has pluses and minuses, right? So what that means, though, is that the longer somebody stays there, the fewer parking spots that are available, the lower the customer turnover in an hour, which also means lower likely revenue. If there aren't there aren't parking spots in front of the coffee shop, well, then maybe somebody at the dry, you know, somebody can't go to the dry cleaner or maybe somebody can't go to the bank or the, 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 the other location. So there's a there's this knock on effect. When, when I have somebody who, who are, I have a group of people who are in that coffee shop for more than an hour, um, and, it, and it sounds like a nice community, and I don't want to ever downplay that because it sounds wonderful, but if we're trying to run a business and we need people to move in and out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people will not stop if there isn't a, spot, a parking spot for them, if, the, if it's inconvenient, but the next shopping center has <laughs> some spots for me, um, then you know how people are going to behave. And it, there's, it's just the fact of life that we're all very busy. We need to keep moving. Yeah. Good insight. Good insight. Stace, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Absolutely. This has been helpful. Uh, for all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining today. Remember, the brand matters. Brand matters. And uh, we appreciate Stace for coming on the show, sharing a few insights. Um, Stace, if anyone wants to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. They can, um, they, they can go to our website. Our website is www.trustdeepagency.com. I have resources there, um, uh, blog posts and, and videos specifically for uh, real estate investors. There's also a lot of material there for people in any walk of life or any any business about branding and marketing for their their small businesses. And you can set up a consultation if anybody even had a question. You can send me an email or a, a quick call. I'm always ha- happy to to share the the insights that I have. Thank you, Stacey. And for for uh, the listeners, thank you for joining us once again. And until next time, have a great day and happy holidays.